You are listening to the Plant-Based Superpower Mom Podcast, a podcast designed for moms seeking to incorporate all components of living a plant-based lifestyle, including food and far beyond. And welcome to another episode of the Plant-Based Superpower Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Wood, a registered dietitian, helping moms create more energy, confidence, and connection through the power of holistic plant-based living. If you are looking for more support on making the switch, you can request to join my free Plant-Based Superpower Mom Facebook group by clicking the link in the podcast description. In this week's episode, I spoke with Emily Kyle an award-winning, nationally recognized media dietitian, nutrition spokesperson, and published author. She is the owner of Emily Kyle Nutrition, a nutrition communication and consulting company, and private practice specializing in MRT food sensitivity testing and medical nutrition therapy for autoimmune conditions. Her first book, The 30-Minute Thyroid Cookbook, 125 Healing Recipes for Hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, was released December 2018. You can catch her live every Monday morning on Good Day Rochester, sharing her love for cooking delicious, healthy food. In this episode, Emily shares with us her expertise on food sensitivities and how an individualized approach to identifying these issues is the most effective way to feeling your best. She also gives us some insight on how to naturally manage thyroid dysfunction, which you can find out even more about through her new cookbook. Emily states that even though she is not 100% plant-based or vegan, that regardless of what diet you are following, eating more plants is the key to optimizing health. Thank you for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And I just have to say before we get started is that I just love following you on Instagram and everything you do on your website because you are just so relatable. And I just love that so much. You're so kind. Thank you so much. It's definitely um, a hard balance to achieve. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to start before we get into some of the other areas that I I really am, you know, loving to talk with you about. um, I want to talk a little bit about your farm, because the way you um, you put it on your website, you put it on your Instagram page. It really just seems like it's a big part of you. And I love how you share that with all of us. So please tell us more about that. Thank you. So I definitely did not intend to ever have a farm. Um, but we, when we moved into our house about six years ago, we do have about three acres and I do live very rurally. You know, I don't live in a city or anything like that. And you being from upstate New York, no, you it's farmland. So I didn't grow up on a farm per se, but my mom was pretty big into gardening. So we decided one year we'd start with a small vegetable garden and just over time it grew and grew and then we got chickens. And so it kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget when I was, I think it was over the summer when you did some Instagram stories and your little baby chicks were hatching. Oh yeah. It was like literally the most exciting day of our lives for sure. (laughs) 
so cute. These little fuzzy heads. I'm like, oh my God, I could watch this all day. <laughs> they were so cute. But honestly, we made a huge mistake by doing that. We should have never done it because we ended up with three roosters and it, they had to go. I mean, they, they're horrible creatures. They're so mean. So okay. that was um, a big learning curve that we had to kind of get over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, you know. Yep. Um, now, you know. Yeah. So as far as the growing and the maintaining and all the harvesting that goes into the farm, do you get your son involved with all of that? Absolutely. He loves it. And it's kind of nice because it just happens kind of at the same time he was born. So he just has grown up with it. And that is normal for him. And if you ask him, he calls himself Farmer Ransom and he wants to be a farmer and he thinks he is a farmer. So it really has played a huge role in his life. Yeah, that's great. So what about the way he eats? Do you think that him having this hands-on experience is influencing him to maybe be a healthy eater or incorporating more of a variety of foods in his diet? Absolutely. Obviously I'm biased. I'm a dietitian and he's my kid, but he eats so much healthier than most of my friend's kids. Um, you know, I don't want to say that they don't eat healthy, but he is just naturally gravitates towards fruits and vegetables because from a young age, he could just walk outside and pick an, a sphere of asparagus and eat it. And obviously it tastes better when it's from the garden, but when it's just kind of your lifestyle like that. So he just is, has a natural affinity for fruits and vegetables. And of course there are things he doesn't like and won't eat like most kids. And of course he eats sugar and crap sometimes too, like most kids, but I do see compared to his peers, he has a much more favorable opinion on fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that plays a big role in it too, is when you said from a very young age, he's been exposed to this and it right. really is about just introducing these foods to your kids from, from day one. And and it's funny, even when you do that, because I know when my kids were babies, I made a lot of their own food, well, pretty much all of it. Um, and they would eat everything. I mean, anything I put in front of them. And then as they grew, they hit that toddler stage. They were so super picky. I'm like, you used to devour this stuff. Um, but now they're starting to expand the horizon a little bit again. So, uh, you I know, just that's normal though, to yeah. that toddler age. I mean, there's definitely things that you used to love and won't eat now. And I think it's normal for kids. Yeah. So you have all these beautifully colorful recipes that I see all the time. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I like, I, I just, I really admire just the beauty that you bring to food and, Food and in our lives nowadays with all this restrictive dieting stuff, um, it just has such a negative connotation and food should really bring joy into our lives. And I feel like you do a, such a good job at bringing that joy back into eating and back into food the way it's meant to be. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And then, so as far as the recipes go, um, does your son kind of help put those together with you? Does he eat the stuff that you put together? How does that all work? Yeah, it actually is really fun because... Um, I'm a stay-at-home, work-at-home mom, so he is with me when I'm creating recipes, developing recipes, um, and I had recently wrote a cookbook, which took a huge amount of recipe development, and he was there every step of the way trying things, and it just really gives him a great opportunity to try different things, but also to understand that, you know, this is what people do. This is how people make food, and in some cases, this is how people make a living as well. Um, my husband owns a restaurant and he's a chef. So we're kind of like inundating him with food stuff. So for him, it's just extra super normal. 
Yeah. So I know that your specialty really lies with the whole food sensitivity realm. And it's a really big thing now, but I don't think that people really have a very thorough understanding of what it is and how it can help them. Um, So can you tell us, like, when you have an insensitivity, a sensitivity to food, I mean, how can that impact your health or the way you feel? So there's a lot of different theories on it, but a lot of it comes down to food sensitivities play a role in leaky gut or what we know as intestinal permeability. And um, so it really is interesting how they go hand in hand and how food sensitivities can kind of wear down the immune system and invite a host of other problems on top of the food sensitivities themselves or reverse where autoimmune conditions are causing the food sensitivities. So the one thing that I have learned the most and researched the most is that the foods that are um, triggering to people are highly individual to each person. So so easily we're quick to say, oh, it's dairy and oh, it's gluten, but that's wrong. It's so individualized for each person that it makes it kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what it is for everybody. Mm -hmm. And how... Are these different than an allergy then? Yes, yep. So these are not IgG mediated, not IgA mediated. These are, well, in my practice, I do um, the mediator release test. So we're testing mediators in the blood. So these are not strict allergies, anaphylactic allergies, anything like that. They perform much differently in the body than they do. Mm-hmm. So you already you already mentioned it, uh, but the MRT and the LEAP therapy, and yeah. I'd like for you to tell us what those are and how these help to identify and manage these food sensitivities. Perfect. So I um, became really interested when I saw other dietitian colleagues kind of doing this, and I had not been in private practice before. Um, and I really wanted to only get into private practice if I could provide some like real tangible results for people. And I had had my own um, health issues, which I knew were mediated by inflammation and things like that. So that's how I kind of really got interested in this. So MRT stands for Mediator Release Test. And then LEAP stands for Lifestyle Eating and Performance Therapy. So I had to go through a, I believe it was a 30-hour course to get certified as a LEAP practitioner. And that just means that I am certified to be able to read the results and then create a meal plan based on those results. That's going to get the client the quickest and most effective solution to their problem. And like yourself, I am very against dieting, restricted diets, things like that. Um, But then when I got sick, it really changed my uh, heart on, you know, people who are really suffering from conditions that need medical nutrition therapy. So I definitely am very vocal that I don't want this to be a restrictive diet for someone forever. I just want it to be a tool to help them heal. And the goal is that they will be able to reintroduce food over time so that they are not living on a restricted diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that approach. And the thing too, and you might've mentioned this, but this therapy is really cool because there are a lot of umbrella elimination diets out there, but this is really individualized to the person. Absolutely. So the test itself tests for 170 different food and food chemicals. And I'm really interested in the food chemicals themselves as well, because they can really play a huge difference. So a lot of people eliminate nightshades, for example, because of lecithin, but what we test for in the media release test, we do test all four. So we test white potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant. 
but the test also tests for the chemical which is solanine, which is the chemical in nightshades which causes inflammatory reactions for some people. So we can go in and get really specific and then create a diet where we are allowing as many foods as possible and just taking out those really difficult ones. But it's crazy when I get the result, everybody is so extremely different um, that it really just drives home the fact that we need individualized care for people. Absolutely. And then you're not eliminating things that you don't really even need to be eliminating. Exactly. I've had so many clients say, oh, but I was I was gluten free for so long and I guess I didn't need to be. And that's true. You know, a lot of the diets that um, the elimination diets that I'm pretty familiar with writing in my book, the elimination provocation diet, the autoimmune paleo protocol diet, you're right, they're just umbrella diets and you're not going to get into the specifics. And even when you look at something like the autoimmune paleo protocol diet, which eliminates just about everything. Well, I just had a client who tested positive for beef. So that okay. wouldn't do them any good, you yeah. know? So it's just really drives home that need for individualized care. Yeah, I, I agree so much. So I get a lot of clients and I'm, I'm actually seeing more that ask me how they can manage their thyroid deficiencies more naturally. And I know that this food sensitivity thing obviously can, can play a role in it. Um, but especially in this area being in Buffalo, New York, I don't know if you see it a lot in Rochester too, do you? Yeah. So um, Emily's nodding her head. You guys aren't going to see her nodding her head, but she is. <laughs> Um, so a lot of thyroid dysfunction here. And so I'd love for you, and I know that's what your cookbook is centered around too, which we're going to talk about as well. Um, but what are some things that are some ways maybe that we can start treating our thyroid a little more naturally? You know, I definitely am very intrigued by the research that's coming out tying thyroid disease and a lot of different autoimmune conditions to a vitamin D deficiency. And then you talk about where we live. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, we're upstate New York, the snowiest, I think it was what, the third snowiest place. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the sun in six months. I don't know about you, but... Um, <laughs> You know, and I'm really conservative on supplements, but if someone tells me some, anything, I'm like, just take vitamin D, just take it. it. It really plays such a role on so many different functions that I don't even think we know about yet. And especially when it comes to thyroid disease, one of the first things we test for is a vitamin D deficiency. Um, when it comes down to something a little bit more specific in thyroid disease, like Hashimoto's, um, the recommendation for Hashimoto's is to eliminate gluten altogether. And that's for a couple different reasons, but some of the um, research that I've done is interesting and the body kind of mistakes that gluten molecule for a different molecule and then starts in the body as well. So definitely uh, vitamin D and, and, and gluten-free are the two biggest ones that I see that help. Mm -hmm. That's great. And there was something else I was going to ask you and then I got... Um, I got sidetracked. Oh, I remember now. Um, you mentioned supplements and mm -hmm. I am on board with you there. I am not a huge supplement pusher. I, I really do believe that food should be the main fuel for treating these ailments that we have going on. Um, but there are some instances such as living in a place where we never see the sun. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D could be beneficial, not only for people with thyroid disease, but really for anyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you threw that out there because, and, and you probably see this too as a dietitian, is that someone comes in and they have a problem they want to treat more naturally, and then they like, throw you their list of supplements that they started taking. That's 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's the worst. I had a client come in and she's like, you know, I eat all this and I'm so good. And it's like, but I take this supplement and there's like 70 different ingredients in it. And I was like, girl, like this isn't natural. This, uh, you know, there, there's a time and a place for supplements, but there's also not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's so, it makes me happy to hear another dietitian say that. Uh, because there is such a huge push on supplements, I feel, generally speaking, in society. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just feel like when used correctly in the correct situation under the guidance of a healthcare provider, they can make all the difference. But if you're just using them as a band-aid for everyday life situations because you're not eating healthy, that's not going to give you the results that you need and could contribute to further problems. And I think that people don't think about it that way. Right. Uh, yes. Yes, for sure. So on that topic, tell us about your new cookbook. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I um, wrote, it's called the 30 Minute Thyroid Cookbook, and it's 125 healing recipes for Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. Um, I really enjoyed working on it. I got to learn a lot about the autoimmune paleo protocol diet. So every recipe in the book is formatted to go either for the autoimmune paleo protocol diet, the elimination provocation diet, the paleo diet, and then of course the vegan diet. And while you wouldn't think that the autoimmune paleo protocol diet or the paleo diet um, are plant-based, I do consider them to be plant-based in a lot of ways. And it just so happened that in the book, over 73 out of the 150 recipes are naturally vegan or vegetarian. So really kind of a plant-based look on um, how to treat that with food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. And and I always... You know, I'm a huge advocate for the plant-based lifestyle, but but I always tell people that, you know, it has to be adapted to your own lifestyle. And if 100% isn't practical to you, that's totally fine. It's all about just eating more whole plant-based foods. Yes, I say it to people all the time. I say, you don't have to stop eating meat if that's not what you want to do, but you have to eat more plants. And that's really where I come at it with everybody is you just have to eat more plants. I don't really care what diet you're on. Are you eating plants? And and to I know that the definition of plant-based can get a little hairy. Um, some people keep it synonymous with vegan. I personally do not. And you know, I've had some people say, you know, that's not what it means. But to me, plant-based means that you're eating the majority of your food from plants. And I personally myself am never going to be a vegan or vegetarian just for my own personal use. But it doesn't mean that I don't love plants and love the power of plants. So it really doesn't matter what diet you're on. Just eat those plants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you also do a regular TV segment um, yes. on Rochester called Health in a Handbasket. Yes. And you do list those, I know, I've seen on your website, on your Instagram. So if anyone wants to check those out, um, if you don't live in the Rochester area and get that new station, you can certainly still watch the segments. Um, but what, what kind of information do you provide on these segments? So honestly, the same message I always tell people is I don't care what you eat, just eat more plants. So we'll talk about, you know, different diets, things like that. I do talk a lot about plant-based eating just because I, what is there not good about plant-based eating? Um, but I do, of course, incorporate, uh, so the, the target market for that segment is people with type 2 diabetes. And so they're also interested in the paleo diet and the keto diet and things like that. So I touch on it a little bit, but I really try and go just general health for everybody. And that includes lots of plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It always comes back around to that. 
<laughs> I know. And it's just, I always feel like I am not vegan. I'm not vegetarian, but that doesn't mean, you know, that plants aren't the most important thing. Right. Yes. Yep. I'm, I'm definitely on board with that as well. Um, and if you want to go all the way, great, obviously. Right. Totally right. <laughs> yep. I just, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Just do what you got to do. Yeah. So being a mom um, and, and having your own business and doing all of these other things that you do, it's easy to use these as excuses for not having the time to maybe eat healthier or take yes. some extra time in food preparation. Um, so what would be your advice for maybe a mom who's feeling overwhelmed, really wants to get healthier, but just doesn't think that she can fit it in right now with all her time constraints and everything else that she's doing? My biggest piece of advice, and this is only coming from my own personal experience, is just try and do one meal a day. You know, for me, if I can set myself up with a good breakfast for the day, whether it be the night before, um, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of my day, and I'm more inclined to make better choices throughout the day. But when I had tried, you know, my kid was young, I had my business, I'm like, I'm going to meal prep everything, and I'm going to do everything perfect. It just didn't work for me. If I can focus, if you can just focus on one little thing to improve upon, keep that consistent and then focus on another little thing to improve upon. Keep that consistent. Over time, you see the improvements, you see the growth. Instead of trying to, you know, you see that spike on the graph where you try and do everything all at once, you can't sustain it, and then it goes right back down. Um, so it really doesn't have to be a huge three, 360 change all at once. The little things really add up. Yeah. And I was just speaking with um, some, someone I've known for a while now, but I had her on another podcast interview and she was saying when she first decided to make the jump into um, like a more plant-based lifestyle, she was preparing everything from scratch and taking all this time. And she just, she's like, first of all, my son wasn't eating any of it. <laughs> she goes, and second of all, I just, I couldn't keep up with it. It just wasn't sustainable. So she made a compromise with herself that it just didn't have to be like that. Yep. Yep. But I think we have these ideas in our mind of how it should be. Mm -hmm. And then again, we go back to that individualism where we all live different lifestyles. We all have different needs. It has to be based upon you and your specific circumstances because doing what your friend is doing is not going to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want you to share your, uh, your Instagram page and your website, just because there is just really, and I mean, they're just really as an abundant, an abundance of valuable information on those. Places, oh, so. that's so nice. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Um, my website is emilykylenutrition.com and then on Instagram, just emilykylenutrition. Yeah. So easy to remember. And those links will be in the episode description as well. So if you Thank forget, you. don't worry, you can just click right on them. Thank you, okay. Emily. And also your cookbook too, I would imagine is available on Amazon. Am I right with saying that? Yep. It's available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. You can get it through my website, Google it. It's everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. And I like how it's the 30 minute thyroid cookbook yes. uh, because you have to keep it, you know, when we're talking about our lifestyles nowadays, it's just shifted. We're just, we're so busy. We have a lot to do. And, um, you know, you can still be healthy and manage your health naturally. Um, but, you know, having references like that, that keep the time down, but you're still preparing these healthy meals is just, is just so awesome. Thank you. And we definitely did that too, because anyone who is suffering from a thyroid disease um, knows that energy is limited. You know, a lot of people don't have energy to spend time in the kitchen and are too tired and 
I totally sympathize with that. So just want to make it as easy as possible for people. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you again, Emily, for being here. This, this was fantastic. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm so glad to connect with you because we actually live so close. So hopefully (laughs) we'll meet in person soon. I know we will. And I have two boys, so I'll bring them along and they can perfect. (laughs) Let them play together. That's the best thing about them getting older is you can kind of send them off on their way now. Yes. And wear them out and then they just pass out. Yes. (laughs) It's perfect. Life is good. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. And once again, if you want to find out more about Emily Kyle, you can do so in the episode description. All the links will be there along with her full bio. And we will talk to you soon. If you are liking the plant-based Superpower Mom podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends and family.